This is a production of Cornell University. For Cornell University's world-renowned turfgrass program, I'm Frank Rossi. And I'm Carl Scamenti, and this is episode 10 of Turf Talk, brought to you in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. Turf Talk provides just-in-time, science-based recommendations for professional turfgrass managers in the northeastern U.S. And Frank, this week, we're not on Golf Channel, but we're still live from the U.S. Open. You've been down there for a couple days now. Um, Let's start with the weather the past week, how it's set up for our region, and also maybe how it's uh, set up for the course down there at Shinnecock Hills for the U.S. Open. Well, that's right, Carl. I'm live from the U.S. Open, and the weather has been perfect for hosting our national championship in golf. A few more steamy nights early last week kept the progress of the season ahead of last year and the 30-year average by a week to 10 days. Spotty rainfall benefited the areas where one to two inches fell in western PA, Washington, D.C., and the Cape. In fact, the Washington, D.C. area has received 300% of normal rainfall in the last 30 days. Yet the area from central Pennsylvania and New York, northeast to Maine, is 25% of normal rainfall. No matter the direction of the local growing season conditions, there is biotic and abiotic stress abound. Supersaturated soils are beginning to marinate roots in anaerobic environments with pythium root rot, and dry areas of predominantly bentgrass are showing signs of persistent take-all patch, discussed in our last week's written edition of the Shortcut newsletter. Anthracno samples are approaching a steady stream with dry and wet conditions. Annual bluegrass weevil damage is beginning to be visible on edges of collars and fairways, especially areas dominated by weak annual bluegrass that from a distance looks like wilt, Slightly closer might resemble summer patch or anthracnose, but upon close inspection, grass blades are loose yellow and detached from the crown easily. Which leads to the discussion this week about pests, Carl, managing annual bluegrass populations. Yeah, we're certainly seeing some areas that are experiencing that ABW damage, particularly on collars. What stage are those pests currently in right now, and what are some techniques we can use to limit that damage? Well, the Cornell Turfgrass Soil Insect Ecologist, Professor Kyle Wickings, has reported five four to five inch star stage weevil larvae in the soil throughout much of the Northeast now and further developed as you move south. Right now, it appears feeding damage is consistent with damage from last season that was considered low to moderate. However, what is unknown at this stage is the amount of stress in the system, too dry or too wet conditions, the rapid onset of warm human nights, and increasing traffic stress could all exacerbate the turf loss from feeding. At this stage, the larvicides, if not applied, might still be useful to reduce the feeding pressure of continually emerging larvae. The anthranilic diamides, such as ferrets and spinosins, such as conserve, offer excellent control options. Some managers have been preemptively slit-seeding areas where damage is beginning to occur to avoid additional insecticide applications. However, if larving feeding and abiotic stress persists, there is growing risk that anthracnose and summer patch issues would also increase. Therefore, identify areas immediately at risk, Carl, and work to reduce maintenance stress, moisture stress. That is, the stress that can be controlled. And if damage is in high-value areas, consider additional pest management options to avoid large-scale turf loss. Perfect. So there are some options to treat or limit the damage from ABW pressure. Now let's move into the keys to success for this week. And Frank, earlier on, you mentioned the discrepancies in moisture levels in the soil just in our northeast region, right? New Jersey south has gotten a lot of rain, while areas north, particularly into Maine, uh, are almost in, in drought status. So 
This week seems to be a good time to talk about water and moisture management in our keys to success, right? That's right, Carl. The keys to this week, I'm saying, is water management. How to deal with too much and not enough. Irrigation decision-making is among the most important aspects of managing turf in the Northeast during warm summer months. The advent of moisture meters has revolutionized water management in high-value turf and also has a role in urban landscapes. Since I'm at the U.S. Open and the site of the 2004 championship when the putting surfaces became unplayable due to improper water management decisions, in describing the 2004 situation to a young turf student volunteering on the crew this week, he said, what was their target number, Dr. Rossi, for the services? What were their true firm readings? <laughs> I said, of course, their neither device existed or was in regular use at the time in golf turf management. This is a measure of the rapid changes that have occurred in using data-driven management uh, to manage water and turf. Now, beyond these issues, you should be monitoring ET levels, predicted forecasts of winds, know your soil types, and topography. In general, there are many more problems that come from excess water than come from too little. In fact, much of the pythium root rot issues currently flooding <laughs> into the diagnostic labs is related to high levels of surface organic matter, as mentioned above, or simply low-lying, poorly drained areas that require drainage to be installed. Note these areas in your organic matter levels and develop a plan for remedy after the summer growing season. So, Carl, the key to this week is to watch your watering. Yeah, moisture management is always a key to success, Frank. And uh, actually, GCSA TV... YouTube channel has produced some nice videos on how the crew at Shinnecock Hills and the USGA uses these devices on putting greens to really dial in the performance and, and soil moisture. So if you're interested in a little bit more information, you can head over to their YouTube channel. They've got some great videos uh, on that topic. So now moving into the sage advice for the week. Uh, what do you have for us this week, Frank? Hey, Carl, the sage advice for this week is to avoid mechanical damage of your turf by rotating mowing patterns traffic patterns, alleviate soil compaction if restricting grass growth. As we enter the summer growing season, be mindful of the damage and stress that turf maintenance programs cause to the turf. Constant turfing, turning in the same areas, traveling over the same paths, not altering mowing patterns, all lead to intense stress through increasing the need to replace damaged leaves by the plants or restricting root growth from increasing soil compaction that reduces oxygen and does not allow for proper root function and eventually leads to turf thinning. Again, Carl, just to put this in perspective relative to U.S. Open preparation, all 50 acres of turf less than a half an inch is mowed daily, and specifically putting surfaces mowed two to four times per day and rolled another two to three times per day. This persistent maintenance, mowing and rolling, leads to significant wear stress on the perimeter of the playing surfaces, forcing adjustments in mowing and rolling patterns, and especially where turning of these devices occurs. And just a final piece of advice in the same vein, Carl, watch for overregulation using PGRs. Professor Bill Kreiser at Nebraska has been conducting excellent work on turf decline related to overregulation and traffic stress. Use your growing degree day models for application intervals and remember different intervals for different heights of cut. Well, that's it, Carl. Back to work from here at Chinnacock. Hope folks will be watching this weekend and happy Father's Day to all. Yeah, and happy Father's Day to you as well, Frank. Thank you all for listening to the 10th episode of the 2018 Turf Talk podcast series, brought to you just in time by Cornell University in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. You can find us online at turf.cals.cornell.edu and on Twitter or Facebook at Cornell Turf. As always, we'd love some feedback and for you to join the conversation, whether it's on social media, our website, or the podcasting websites. 
For this week's Turf Talk, I'm Carl Scamenti. And I'm Frank Rossi. Have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University. On the web at cornell.edu.